This is a Cherish podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. I'll be taking you for an inside look behind the glamorous facade of the interior design industry. At a time when every aspect of the business, from sourcing to trends to marketing to dealing with clients, is undergoing rapid change. A new year brings new trends. It seems to be inevitable. If anything, the pace of change, of what's in and what's out, seems only to accelerate. Social media is constantly extolling and ridiculing new directions in everything from fabrics and wallpapers to kitchen design and color palettes. It is becoming harder than ever to keep up and to distinguish what's ephemeral from what is of lasting appeal and value. How do you keep things fresh and innovative without becoming a slave to fashion? How do you respond to your client's desire for what's new without subverting your own aesthetic? I have with me today three designers who not only understand trends, they've helped to set trends, and they are here with us to share what they're looking at, what they despise, and what they hope to see ahead in 2023. First up are Shannon Wallach and Brittany Zwickel of LA-based Studio Lifestyle. The duo creates private homes and mountain retreats that incorporate natural materials, rich woods, dramatic stone, and serene palettes. The results are sleek yet sumptuous, clean-lined, yet always looks and comforting. Welcome, Shannon. Hello, Michael. We're thrilled to be here. We're so glad you're here. And hello, Brittany. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having us. We're so pleased that you're here. Jonathan Rackman is a designer who, by definition, brings an international approach to his work. He was born in Sumatra, Indonesia, trained in Switzerland, and is now based in San Francisco, and he continues to travel the world. His rooms are exuberant, colorful, and richly layered, imbued with his love of antiques and vintage pieces, which he boldly mixes with contemporary furnishings. His new book, currently classic, was recently published by Flammarion. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm also pleased to have with us Noel Fodden, Vice President of Merchandising at Cherish, who brings real data to this tricky subject. Noel knows what sold on Cherish last year and what didn't. And she has real insight into what designers are looking for in 2023 and how that will shape interior design in the year ahead. Hello, Noel. Hi, Michael. This is my favorite thing to talk about, so I'm so happy to be here. Oh, good. So I want to start uh, like, why don't we start with you, Shannon? Like, what is a trend A trend that we saw, you saw last year, or maybe started the year before? Because trends are fast, but they do take a little while to get going. Of course. What is something that you saw and you had liked and took interest in? And what's something that you just ugh, didn't like at all? I think everyone's going to agree, but the natural one that, you know, I think any designer can go to right now is the boucle and kind of the curved sofa. And now that CB2 is doing the whole collection and everyone else, it's kind of... Um, you know, it, 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 I'd say timeless is like the wrong word to describe it. So as sad as it is. So that's something you've seen enough. Absolutely. And it's still, you can still use a touch of boucle, but I'm saying those all white rooms are kind of the all clean and we're in California. So there's definitely still wanting to keep things light and bright, but it just that kind of completely muted color palette mm-hmm. and all the overly boucle and just kind of walking in every house has it whether it's the curved sofa or the chair or right. not, it's a little... Right. All those nubby exactly. fabrics. And- exactly, exactly. So I'd say that's the easiest one. And what about you, Brittany? Because your work, the work that you do with Shannon, a lot, does have pale colors and all of that. So how do you feel about what Shannon said? 
Yeah, I was going to just touch on for something that I really love right now is all the plaster walls. Everybody's kind of sick and tired of Mm -hmm. just paint. And there's just kind of like the flatness of paint and moving into the plaster that just gives you a lot more depth and texture in any space. It just kind of plays with the light a lot more. So I'm loving that and continue to love it. So you're talking about hand-finished plaster, Venetian plaster, that kind of Yeah, not necessarily like Venetian, not necessarily like shiny, but just hand applied plaster that's got a little bit more depth to its look than just a plain painted drywall. So I think that that brings a lot to spaces. And like Shannon was saying, not wanting to move away from just kind of clean, white, boring rooms, but maybe you still need a little bit of a lighter color palette for whatever reason, it can still add a lot more depth and it's not just kind of so flat. So I definitely think that that's something that's become more and more popular and will continue through this next year. And as far as trends that I'm over, I'm so sick of modern farmhouse. I think (laughs) that um, (laughs) especially in Los Angeles, it's like every house down the street, they're just throwing up board and batten. And it's just like, okay, come on, (laughs) let's get a little more creative here. Okay, great. Now, Jonathan, what about you? So to start with, I don't follow trend. I don't know what trends are. <laughs> oh, so, every designer I says know, that. I, I, I don't know. I am. I'm the the most unhip designer. <laughs> the untrending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do agree. That's part of the problem with trend. Right. What uh, I'm going to pick up on what Shannon said, but expand a little bit. That boucle sofa, but also there are three things for me. One, to stop making your house or your hotel looks like a furniture showroom, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. everything from the same showroom. I want that. I'm not going to name any brand, but we all know who we're talking about or what we're talking about. I can't stand it. Number two, this open plan, open shelving kitchen. Yes, it looks pretty for you for the photo shoot or whatever it is, but how practical is that truly really is. Mm-hmm. Lastly, lighting. That's faux or fake mid-century or this... I'm sorry, am I allowed to say boobs in this show? If not, I <laughs> uh, you are. We say a lot worse. I don't want to see boobs. I don't want to see men boobs. I don't want to see booby looking. <laughs> hanging over the dining table, right? Everywhere, just right. everywhere. Or the same token about phallic. Forget about the phallic factor, but just it's basically piping. You put light bulbs at the end. I mean, what is that? Can we just mm-hmm. stop that? I mean, it's, it's boring. It's annoying. It's everywhere. That's just the problem with trend. Okay, we got it. Jonathan was saying, which I see happening is with the kitchen, like we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, especially when designing houses and some of the architectural details is the kitchen, like kind of like a galley kitchen going behind the main kitchen, where whether even if it's um, kind of has a divider or something you can see through, or it's just a whole separate kitchen. So because the heartbeat of the home is the kitchen. So people are hanging out, but you don't want to mess all the time. So there's kind of these two separate kitchen stories going on. And then also with the lighting, there was a moment where it's like everything was so big and so decorative and kind of a pendant or chandelier way. And I'm kind of seeing that it's like a lot more lamps and floor lamps are really making a huge comeback inside a lot more like romantic decorative lighting um, as opposed to such heavy applied installed lighting on the ceiling or stuff like that. So I'm really definitely seeing this like throwback to these kind of like romantic little lamps and shelving units and in kitchen counters and all this stuff just kind of give like a little bit of romanticism as opposed to this overly kind of overt statement. Right. Now, Noel, I'm sure that Cherish has sold a fair number of boucle fabrics and curved sofas. I mean, the curved sofa came out of 
a revival of Vladimir Kagan, which started, I think, a good 10 years ago. And now you were saying, Shannon, now you can get it at CB2, which is sort of the nature of trends. So what's been selling on Cherish that either echoes what they're saying, our team of experts here is saying, or goes contrary to that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's so interesting. Our vantage point is we are, first, we're getting inventory from all over the country and then also so much from Europe, right? And the things we're getting from Europe are really different than what we see in the U.S. market typically. And then every day, I mean, this is our sport. We get to watch what shoppers are buying in real time and we get to see where they're located and what they're buying. And so we have this vantage point of seeing, you know, these trends all over the country. And so obviously, you know, I'm based in the San Francisco Bay Area, but what I'm seeing selling, um, you know, in the Northeast or in Texas or in Florida, it's so different. So it's really fun and it's really interesting. I think one of the biggest trends that we observed this past year that we were really surprised by was such a return to traditional. Mm-hmm. So even just traditional American colonial revival, federal pieces, Sheraton pieces, Chippendale, Chinese Chippendale, and then just a lot of ornamentation and florals and chintz. And um, so Brittany, to your, your point about people wanting to get away from just plain drywalled walls, this was our standout year for wallpaper. We saw we saw so much interest in wallpaper um, on a year-over-year basis. We sold so much more. We also sold tons of wallpaper samples. We saw shoppers just fill their cart with like 30 or 40 different samples. And you could see that they were kind of thinking about the whole house and they were doing all the blues and all the greens. So that was really interesting to see. Um, and then we've also seen a, a big resurgence in um, antique French and Flemish tapestries. Oh, that's interesting. Now, that's mm-hmm. something I would not have predicted. I mean, the the return of antiques and really old, older pieces, I'm all in favor of. I think that's exciting. And I personally love a tapestry, but I would not have thought that that was trendy. So that's fascinating. No, it is. And people are doing the painted wall murals and everything. I think that kind of leans into all the tapestries and kind of giving it um, less of a, more like you were saying, a European or romantic look versus like the boho kind of super casual. There's this touch of formality, you know, of some of these people are bringing um, beautiful back. pieces. Yes. I also think less open floor plans. A lot more people are starting to kind of enclose dining spaces and things like that. And again, I don't know if it's just like a touch um, bringing back traditional elements or bringing back a little bit more of formality. Maybe it gives um, a little bit uh, flexibility to spaces more so if it's not so open as we've all kind of continued right. to work from home periodically. Um, I was going to say, I think the pandemic had a big part to yeah. do with that working from home. You know, you need exactly. to be able to shut a door. Exactly. You need flexibility. I think also uh, the pandemic, of course. But I think because of how we're separated for so many years, and if I don't follow trend, but if I have to predict... <laughs> if I have Set to the predict, trend. You're setting the trend, Jonathan. I believe. So <laughs> I, you know I'm all about more is more, more is never enough, or know when more is more, more is less, all that good jazz. But I think because of the pandemic and our um, need to be reunited, to reconnect with our family, 
I personally, for once, I'm, I'm very sentimental. And I think because of, because of all that, I think the traditional and the romance and the sentiment, the sentimental factor of, uh, of design, of interior design of your home, because of, uh, our emotions during the, um, um, the pandemic, I think going back to, um, the traditional, the maximalism, the wallpaper, the, uh, the tapestry and, that combined with the the return or the big news, be it the good, the bad, and the sad of the royal family, and I have to I have to bring it up because I always give credit where credit's due. But I think if I have to single one wallpaper company out, and I'm 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 partial, obviously, uh, De Gourney has made the wallpaper world in uh, has taken the wallpaper world into a different level because they did my cover and they are sort of like my my English hoarded family. I, I hoard all kinds of items, antiques, and I think Cherish knows that. But um, I think the Gournay and, you know, uh, in, in conjunction with the royal um, the family events this last few years, as well as the pandemic has brought us all into this point. And I'm so happy versus what, what we've been trying to uh, get away from, like what Shannon and Brittany are saying. And I support that. I was just going to say, I think it's interesting that in terms of wallpaper, I think we're also starting to see a little bit of a shift in terms of that, because I totally agree with you, Jonathan. De Gournay, you know, everybody woke up everybody to the potential of wallpaper, and their wallpapers are so gorgeous. But I've been seeing more, more abstract and large scale, you know, not just scenic, but really abstract, large scale abstracts, which like Fromental does it, Philip Jeffries is doing sure. it. And, and do you think that's something that's going to continue? Well, you know, that's just the beauty of wallpaper. Wallpaper is your one of the venues, one of the doors into your fantasy. Uh, wallpaper could be anything. Will it continue? That's uh, that's a one thing about trend that sickens uh, my design senses. Once somebody starts, one the big ladies, the big guys, the designer world or the royal family starts, everybody's doing it. This big pattern of abstract, I know what you're talking about. Uh, have I used it? I don't think I have so far, but I just don't want to see one thing unless it truly is a classic. There's a big difference about classic and trendy, right? But once you make it into a trend, it, 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 it has an expiration date. I don't think it will continue. I think it's a trend and it will stop what will con- continue to continue is the classic, the sinoiserie, the 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 scenery, the 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 old world uh, senses, but uh, mixed and uh, juxtaposed with interesting stuff. Right. So, Brittany, what do you think about the 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 other kind of wallpapers? I mean, you know, listen, we started with grass cloth, then people discovered de Gournay. Now it's like I see more and more. Do you think that that's something? Would that something you guys would ever use in your work, Shannon? Would you ever yeah, do I like think, an? Ad- I think what I was saying is like what Jonathan was saying is like some of the classics. What our goal is like to make take a classic, but kind of have a juxtaposition with whatever the client wants or the architecture of the house. Or you know, people do come to us for a little bit of freshness and something that's unique and wanting to be kind of a little bit. I don't ever like to say trendy, but like definitely on the forefronts when you walk in, it's like feeling just new. And we kind of tend to usually have a younger clientele. So I think we would take some one of those wallpapers. For us, it's not about 
about doing the whole house. It's doing about really special places. So it's a little bit of a surprise, whether it's an office, a media room, a powder room, a lounge or whatever it is and kind of using that, but always in a twisted way, a little bit, maybe, you know, offsetting it with some, uh, you know, um, maybe really interesting stone or something like that or different architect. One of the things we're really leaning into and we've been seeing is the architectural element. So it's like, you know, again, like we're being in LA, there were so many big white houses built, these open floor plans. So we're seeing so much more, you know, tighter spaces, intimate spaces, moldings, detail trims, and all these beautiful detailed work. I mean, even going to the windows, it's like not just stain, you know, or um, steel window windows anymore. I mean, some of it's going back to, you know, beveled windows and giving it a layered look, but just with the freshness, with some cleaner lines. So it's kind of this really um, playful juxtaposition where it's not so classic, but it's definitely not so heavy. It's a mix of this kind of timeless, but feel stealing fresh and new, but not trendy, if that makes sense. Well, I think it's so interesting. We've been talking about the maybe there've been so many open floor plans and open spaces. And one thing we also really noticed this past year was the return of four poster beds and canopy beds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel like it's that sense of kind of, you know, engulfing you. Exactly. Coziness. We were so surprised. I love it. I love it. Or even the bunk beds. I mean, we've always done, we've always done a ton of bunk beds, but, you know, it used to kind of start for kids and now, you know, we're doing it in multiple um, second homes, vacation homes, main homes is just even when people have their families in town, you know, as another place for a big family to bunk adults. But we add these kind of curtains and shelter places that make it feel more cocoony. So it's like more like a nook, you know, as opposed to using the word bunk bed. And I do feel like people just want everyone wants coziness. You know, no one is looking for anything they don't want. And our clients don't want anything in their house that they have to sit in that's uncomfortable. So that's a huge thing we get, you know. Can I also say one word? Tented room. Can we bring that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do love a tented room. It's not trendy. I think it's just, to me, it's like what when people ask me, what do you think about wallpaper? And is wallpaper coming back? Number one, let me correct you. Wallpaper never left. Breasts never left. And the same with Tented Room. Tented Room never left. I'm counting on you two, Brittany and Shannon. Uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, a hoarder, uh, especially in antiques and uh, vintage. I think I, I, people know that. Um, I am counting on you, the younger generations, to be the guardian to continue to educate and to spread the love of antiques. Um, when, uh, you know, when, I, when I read this last few years that the younger or the kids or whatever generation, whatever the labels are, they don't want their uh, grandma or their, yeah, or, 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 or their parents' antique. Oh, that just, that broke my heart. You know, I love, I love, I love using antiques in a, a modern setting, in a clean setting. I think it adds a lot of gorgeousness. Yeah, yeah and the sustainability. Noel has Cherish has been selling more antiques like I but you mentioned Chinese Chippendale. Are there periods that are more popular? I mean, I I still think like Georgian, which I love, is you know, that plain Georgian is probably not as popular as some other more ornate things, but yeah. I could be wrong. You'd be surprised. We we saw okay, a good. lot of Georgian. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. Especially in dining tables and sideboards. Um, I mean, we've we've always sold antiques. Um, we've always sold traditional pieces, but I think this year has really been it was so pronounced. Um, and also in things, you know, I mentioned the tapestries, but in you know, big sets of antique plates that are intended to be displayed on the wall. And also then, of course, in tabletop, 
massive sets of, of porcelain and amazing over the top, you know, majolica pieces and terrines, like figural terrines. And, you know, they're collectible items. I mean, they're not inexpensive. They're absolutely heirloom pieces. And it's interesting. It's some of those pieces, not only do they sell, it's how quickly they sell. I mean, some of these are, they sell within, you know, hours or a day because they're just, you know, really amazing. And that's, that's so interesting because I swear for a decade, you did not see a piece of Majolica or a figural terrine in a shelter magazine or in any of the entertaining stories that you, you just didn't see them. And I mean, in the 70s and 80s, you saw them, but in the 90s and 2000s, you didn't see them. So that's so interesting to me. I don't think our clients own them. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, and now we're starting fresh with clients that had registries 20 years ago and we're displaying this stuff. It's like, you know, the days of heat ceramics, I'm not saying that, I mean, that's all still timeless, but we're really seeing decorative plates, which is really funny. And like displaying some of those and having them some every day and like really kind of leaning into that kind of boldness or funness or pattern or, you know, it's really, it's really fun. Right. It's interesting. It's, you know, Jonathan, I know this makes you happy, but I've been seeing, like you're saying, bringing character to a space, something that's different. And I've been seeing it even in terms of like window treatments. Now you see draperies, you see pelmets again. I mean, and there was there was a, at least 15 years I never saw a pelmet in a, in a room, you know. So I think there is this shift to like, Noel, you were saying cozier, softer spaces. Um, and the other thing that we've been talking about that I've been hearing for a couple of years is going to make be, have a resurgence that's going to become trendy is um, you know, decorative tapes and fringes. And I was interested to see a room like, I don't think you necessarily have to be a traditional designer to start using them. And people oh, we've are seeing been them using ways. like our fringes, our fringe collection has gone very, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff and we usually, you know, kind of go for a little bit of a cleaner, but we definitely are leaning into the piping and the fringes. We just did a, you know, big project with a lot of fringe and it's been really fun leaning into some of the velvets and, you know, we always use mohair and stuff, but some of these kind of heavier, you know, and even just window treatments that aren't just your natural kind of shears and stuff, just definitely heavier detailing on all that. So it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun. It's really cozier, playful, but still a nod to the past, you know, and just really unique too, because we all know, um, you know, that's all detailing too. It's hard to, um, you know, it's, it's part of the artistry work of what we do. It's not like you can just buy that at CB2 naturally, you know, at least not now, we'll give it a year. Right. 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 But yeah, because I remember there was a period where everything had nail heads, all the furniture, all the chairs, everything had nail heads. Now it's getting even more elaborate. I mean, I think that people responded to that very well because it was kind of like, oh, it gives it another dimension. And now we're getting into the decorative tapes and the fringes and the, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like the crown, Jonathan, but but I do think people want richer things in there. I'm details. glad you said the word palmet and, uh, <laughs> you know, lam- la- Lamberkin. So we, we had a new, uh, we had a recruit recently and had a master degree in interior design. Mind you, I have no degree in interior design. And when we discuss, we talk about palmet or Lamberkin, she had no idea 
no idea what. And that just broke my heart. I'm like, what has happened here? So I, I, I'm, ha- I'm always happy to spread the knowledge. You know, I started from, I, I have no idea about interior design when I started, but, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. So I'm, I'm glad we were discussing and talking about Passementry, Bouillon, and uh, Palmets, Lambricans. I, I could go on and on and on. And Curtain tiebacks. <laughs> oh, my God. We have custom uh, ulas. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening to the Cherish podcast. I'm Anna Brockway, president and co-founder of Cherish. We're taking a quick break to fill you in on some really exciting news. Cherish is launching our first ever in-person pop-up, the Cherish Art Gallery at none other than the famed Bergdorf Goodman. Open now through April, our gallery showcases 300 gorgeous pieces by our most beloved artists. If you find yourself in New York, I do hope you'll drop by. It's fantastic. And stay tuned for more announcements and even more offerings by visiting Cherish.com. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H.com. Cherish.com. And now back to the show. Okay, now one of the things I want to ask you all about is color palettes. Because, you know, it's always, one of my first episodes of the Cherish podcast was about color and we called it colors of the year because everybody, every major paint company or Pantone, they always have a color of the year. And I actually did a little research. This year, Benjamin Moore's color of the year is called uh, Raspberry Blush. The Pantone color is Viva Magenta. And Farron Ball has just issued a new color called Flame Red. Um, And now, but although Sharon Williams, their color of the year is called Naval and is a dark blue. So you know, I, I agree with you, Jonathan. I like to think I'm above trends too, um, or ahead of the trend. But I do, I do know that, like, when I decorated my, I got a new country house four years ago, and you know, half of it is green. My kitchen's green. My dining room is a different shade of green. It's like you know, I'm, I'm above trends, but then green was this huge trend. So I'm not impervious. Okay. So what do you guys think about? the colors that are appearing. Is it going to be these warm reds or raspberries is like the major companies? Have you been using those or seeing those? Or do you think, you know, the Sherwin-Williams blue is like a traditional blue that we've been seeing for a while? I mean, what do you see? We have been leaning into a little bit more of the reds, which is kind of, I, I would say, unusual for us. But we have a few different rooms and a couple different projects in different parts of California that... um we are kind of leaning into this more red tone. It's a little bit more but pared not, down. But it's I would, a specific yeah, no, red. a toned down version. But it's I, not I think like red, you know, red. It's a specific it's, kind of like moodier red. Yes, yes, yes. Warmer colors and less. Again, like we talked about earlier, of this just the very muted palette. Like people are wanting to bring in some richness and some. Mm-hmm. Here's what I got to say about colors. I'm a unicorn. I love my rainbow. We know that. But what I love about colors. So as a florist, uh, I used to be a florist. I'm, I still design flowers. I used to, I, you know, in the beginning, oh, carnation. Oh, who can stand carnation? But it's not about so much about carnation. It's about how you apply, how you use the carnation. And the same thing with colors to me. 
I barely pay attention to color of the year. I know about it, but I do I abide by it or do I follow? Not really. To me, it's just how you use colors and how we all. I I love colors, uh, and you, you know, just there is there's time and place and space for every color. That's what I think. Well, it's funny because I was going to say the same thing. So I beg, uh, when we were kind of knew we were doing this today, I'm like, oh, I should really look up the Pantone color because I have no idea what it is for this year because it's truly a case by case scenario in each home and like you know, I mean. The one color I may have been sick of is the primary, you know, blue navy that everyone painted their, you know, island of. And like, I just can't like, but other than that, literally, we have so many different projects, so many different architectures, so many different personalities that those are colorful enough. And um, no, we really try to just make it work for that kind of specific type of projects. So like the Pantone colors, I don't know. And I, Brittany, I think you probably agree, kind of mean nothing to us, which is funny because that just is a trend. And it also like the, Colors and tones of whatever we would use in a project also depends so much on, you know, the location of the project, you know, what what region the environment. The, yeah, the environment, the light, the architecture and the clients, of course, you know. So, again, yeah. And the materials. Yeah. Is there any specific colors that's selling more? Uh, whatever it may be, whatever item it might no, be. No, I was going to ask Noella. Yeah. Yes. Glad. Because, you know, I, it's like. We know that this color of the year thing is a marketing thing. It's to create interest, to get people to think about color. I mean, it's nobody's going to go and paint their whole house red or even anywhere, but it gets people to think. So, Noel, what has been selling? Have you noticed any colors that are stronger? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we sell, again, we sell such a breadth. Um, and, you know, we have this, you know, we have all these these internal reporting tools. And so we can see, okay, at the, you know, for our furniture category, our top selling color is actually brown because it's so much traditional brown wood. Um, but then we really see tr- color trends jump out at us in some of our upholstered pieces and, and in tabletop and in pillows and wall coverings. We're really noticing, um, you know, I think really more warmth in color. So warm mustards, um, pinks, but now it's more of like a salmony watermelon. Um, a few years ago, it was, you know, we were selling grape juice because we, we do have a, a, can, a painted case good program. And, you know, Benjamin Moore's grape juice was this a deep purple and that sold really well. We also saw huge success with these pink and red table lamps. So like, you know, a red lamp with a pink shade. Um, and now I think things are getting a little, some of the colors are getting a little bit muddier. Yeah. Um, which is interesting to see. And like if we're seeing the terracotta. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like the ranges of high to low and the terracotta ranges, but like a touch of muddiness. And when we see, I mean, blue remains perennially popular, but now instead of just a more straightforward navy, we see it more as, you know, it's either inkier or if it's a lighter blue, it's almost like a French blue. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I want to ask each of you, like, we we all look to history, except for maybe your staff member, Jonathan, who doesn't know enough history. But, you know, we all look to history for inspiration. And, for example, I've been noticing a lot more William Morris, who's actually a, an artist, a period that I love, that British arts and crafts, William Morris, the wallpapers. I've been n- noticing that showing up in a lot more interiors. I think they just, the company that owns the rights just hired um a designer to recolor them, bring them fresher. So that's interesting. But, you know, and I remember a few years ago, people were talking about Art Nouveau was going to have an influence. I think Art Nouveau maybe is a little too specialized. I haven't seen a lot of Art Nouveau interest, but I, you know, but I do see arts and crafts. Is there periods that you guys are looking to or that you, 
you, you know, turn to for inspiration at the moment that maybe is a little unexpected? I mean, mid-century modern, of course, was everywhere, but. I was, it's interesting that you brought up William Morris because I do feel like that I've seen a lot of that lately also. And I think that, and again, just talking about the crown and all of these kind of English anecdotes is a lot of what we're seeing too, is people wanting a little bit more English style kitchens, like painted cabinetry, but maybe in a more interesting color, um, you know, than just a plain white or something like that. And just kind of, again, feeling that hominess, that little like bit of comfort that we've all kind of wanted um, over the last few years and just um, a little bit more detail, a little bit more ornate. Yeah. Touches. Like the edge detail, the cabinetry detail, the hardwood mm-hmm. detail, all those kind of, you know, the plumbing detail where things just aren't so harsh. There's a little bit softer and a little lived in effect of all that stuff um, versus, you know, versus just these, again, massive kitchens that are super open and just, um, you know, also just a lot of the, you know, especially us being in L.A., a lot of the white oak, you know, we're seeing it go more to richer tones of woods and stuff and not just these huge white oak homes and um flooring and cabinetry and stuff in a mix of woods to give it more of a soul and a richness. And Jonathan, is there a period of style that you're looking at that's going to, you think, going to shape you? I I look at it more from a a point of view of different eras and different area. Uh, If you, you might know Michael, but some of the younger designers or clients might not know who Oliver Mazel is. So Oliver Mezzel is this amazing, I look up to him. He is a set designer, a fashion designer, interior designer, theater designer. I mean, to me, he is like the epitome of man with many hats, or what do you call that? A renaissance man. I take a lot of elements from fashion, but also from period. That's why when I, I design a maximalism room or something, like I said, nobody wants to live in a theater or in a museum. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to live in an art deco room uh, like uh, in 2023, all completely down to the T, correctly done. Uh, but, you know, to do Art Deco and combine it with Louis Sixteenth or Empire uh, meets Georgian, whatever it might be, to me, that's more interesting. Uh, I think it's just, uh, it goes back into how you combine them, how you juxtapose them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all in the application. Right. Well, it's also interesting, again, to get back to the crown, you know, I think that that sort of created this interest in like pre and post-war look, like we're at Oliver Messel, very theatrical, Cecil, you know, friend of Cecil Beaton, all of that kind of stuff that it's like, I think those periods are interesting. And Noel, I'd love to know if you think that the buyers on Cherish, where do they look? What inspires them? What do you think? Where Do they look? Obviously, they watch The Crown. Everybody watched The Crown. Let's face it. You know, or, you know, that that one that show about Catherine the Great, the Great, which had some sumptuous, incredible costumes and sets. Do you think that has an impact on what people look for? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most recently, there was a clear White Lotus influence. I started selling <laughs> the, Already? Sicilian, the Sicilian head bases. Absolutely. Oh, wow. And luckily, we had That's, some. Isn't that crazy? That is so funny. That's so instant, you know? It's instant. Yeah. Well, it's like everyone wants to travel there. That's the biggest hotel right. now. Right. Everyone wants to yep. go there, you know? And they should. It's fabulous. I was just there. Green <laughs> <laughs> White Lotus. I'll have to I know. It's anyway. always, that's always. Right. right. Trendsetter. You're a trendsetter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. No, I was just on the cusp of the trend there. <laughs> but, but that's so interesting that it has an instant effect, you know? And, and I think that's a big, a big change to design because, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, back 20 years ago, 
popular culture didn't have that. It had an impact, but it wasn't that immediate. And I think that that's so interesting. Well, I think that's where we are trying to figure out our um, the best approach with that, because we build homes that could take four years to build. Now they're seeing these big trends, say on White Lotus or the Crown or whatnot. Now that's all going to change by the time we actually install furniture four years from now. So I think it's trying to you know balance that with trying to figure out what's timeless, what's next, what's existing and just kind of blending all those and also really educating the client that, okay, we can have some of this, but it needs to withstand the test time. It's four years now. It's very different. We're going to be living in this home than currently right now because things are turning so quickly. Yeah, because that could be season six of the White Lotus and who knows where it's going to be set, you know? (laughs) I know, I know. Season six, we're talking about season 40. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. What about succession? I I mean, all of these. As long as they bring back uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Exactly. She'll come back. They killed her off, Jonathan. They need to revive her. They need to revive her. There's a way. (laughs) We'll see. Okay, here's another trend I want to ask you guys what you think of that I've been noticing. You know, there was this whole revival of interest in brutalism. And brutalist architecture of the 70s and stuff. And then, of course, it translated, you know, there's that suddenly there was all this popularity of um, Axel Einer Horth and his sort of chunky furniture. Pierre Jovanovich, he he did those wood. So, you know, raw wood back sofas that that has had I've seen that show up a lot. Is that something that you guys. That influence has shown up a lot is what I want to say. Do you think that that's something that's going to continue on this kind of more you know, sort of, I guess it's sort of a refined country look or lodge look. Is that something that you think is going to continue? I'm going to answer that the same way the way I answer that abstract wallpaper. Mm-hmm. I think there will be a period of that and it will face away. Or if you're smart enough, you can have that style just enough in a room mm-hmm. and not making it. I think everything in moderation. That is a look that I think would go with studio lifestyle. I could see you guys adapting that and using some of those pieces beautifully. Yes, thank you. Well, and we have, and I think that, yes, just a little bit, everything in moderation. And I think that having, you know, a little bit of natural elements and rusticity is kind of nice and, and kind of compare well with other vintage pieces and, and give a space more, more soul, like what we were mm-hmm. speaking about earlier. Right. And have your clients ever come to you with like a trend or something that they're seeing and say, I love this. I want that. Is that something that happens to you guys? Oh, every day, every hour. Okay. Well, what are are they? I mean, everything, everything. So what are they showing you? Instagram pics. Instagram is they're is, sending a nonstop. Everything is nonstop. coming to Instagram. But what are they? Sh- what are they responding to at the moment? Because you know, listen, we can make fun of trends, and God knows, I I try to, but you know, they do create interest and they do create newness, and they, you know, and that's all good for our industry. It's certainly good for Cherish, right, Noel? I mean, people watch the White Lotus and they want those heads, you know. So it's all that's good. But like, Jonathan, you're totally right. Not too much. How do you? edited. So I'm just kind of trying to get a sense of for the year ahead, what our listeners, what are their clients going to be coming to them with and what should they be responding affirmatively to and what should they be like mm, holding their nose? What do you think? Well, actually, recently we've been seeing um, more and more, you know, kind of on the Instagram or the notes I'll get. Um, 
actually some more really interesting sculpture on architectural chairs, which I thought was really fun and nice, but also mm-hmm. still like, you know, leaning into some comfort. Um, definitely um, art. The chair is sort of a sculpture as opposed to maybe yeah, you don't sit on it so much. which is kind of nice because it's not just some overall room. You know, one thing we're seeing a lot too is... This going back to the smaller rooms, so people are really liking that, whether it's a media room or, you know, a study, a lot of studies, but also going back to the living room and not such a formal living room, being playful with the space and the seating arrangement. So, you know, a lot of people will send kind of, they keep saying, oh, I want the Soho house look, not meaning the look of what the Soho house does, but meaning that kind of um, conversational seating. So we're seeing a lot of people sending stuff like that, where you can have a living room, but you maybe have, and it's maybe not even a built-in bar. It's a touch with the bar and conversational seating and then seating over here and just kind of these different layers and rooms because, um, you know, they want to make, uh, have a living room, but make sure it's used. So I think it's all usable. Formal and stiff. Exactly. So things that look refined but are useful. These rooms are so big. So I think it's helpful to kind of find these, pair off these smaller spaces. Break it into areas. Right. And Jonathan, what about your clients? I think, well, my clients, I think I'm a bit of uh, more specific in, in terms mm-hmm. of by the time they get to me, they know who I am. They know you're going to impose your will. <laughs> <laughs> they know what I, you know, they typically know what I'm known for or what my style is typically in, a, in my typical project. Rarely about specific trend, but more what I came up to say er- earlier strongly about specific showroom and brand. And when they want that, then I try to educate and stir. When they want instant furniture, I'll say, listen, just like I, I've been known to say this, I relate everything to food because I love eating. Listen, I know in college, you love instant noodles, but it's not so good for you. Why don't you go to a restaurant and order a really good food, healthy, good, and it, it might take a little longer, but the end result's amazing. Even if you buy something from Cherries, we may have to refurbish them, reupholster them. But to, to go to, specific, to a specific showroom and they want the entire room to be furnished with that, I will say, you know what? I'm the wrong designer for you. Uh, well, first of all, I will uh, stir them. I will educate them. I don't mind using one or two pieces, especially in your, in, 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 in your children's room or in your media room. But to have the entire room said, so why do you need me? Why do you why do you come to Jonathan Rackman Design? Why don't why don't you go to the showroom and have them design your? Because right. this is not what it's all about, you know. Right. So. Right. Well, it's so interesting that trends still keep happening despite all of the supply chain disruptions, the longer delivery times. It's like we still on Instagram, and we're all addicted to Instagram. Let's face it. I'm trying to wean myself a little bit, but it's hard that these still things pop up and. Noelle, I'd love to get a sense from you what you have seen even so far in the, like the end of 2022 and 2023. Are there any directional things that are coming up that people are, are looking for? Like, you know, you said warmer colors, the mustard, like, and all of a sudden the, the white lotus influence. I mean, that is just so quick and it's so, so surprising to me that it would be um, so immediate. So is there things that you that have been selling on Cherish that you think, oh, this is interesting. I wouldn't have expected this. This could be telling for the months ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also a matter of of the trends that or, or the, the types of items that have just really held strong and are and I think continue to pick up. I mean, we're seeing a big resurgence in vintage or reproduction vintage cheeky needlepoint pillows. Again, which feel like they oh, could be again straight. something. 
we haven't seen in they 30 years, yeah. you know, like the, you know, with the little the witty, witty little sayings, the, the little thing. bolsters. Oh, that are, yeah. So funny. Those have been really, those have just taken off. When we get the original vintage ones, I mean, those sell again, that can sell within an hour. Um, but we do have some people who are making reproductions that are really fun. We've seen a real interest in little portable lamps, ones that are rechargeable and you can kind of stick them anywhere. Also decorative lampshades, um, pleated yeah, shades. And pleated lampshades, pleated yeah. lampshades is a big pattern. How about, uh, foot, uh, I'm curious mm-hmm. about footstools. Oh, footstools are big. That really came back. And the needlepoint ones. Um, I mean, we see them in needlepoint. I love it. Yeah, we also see them, especially if they're in like a, you know, a velvet tiger print or something like that. And honestly, one of the biggest things from the last few months has been very fancy and beautiful dog accessories. So dog beds. Dog owners will spend anything on their dogs. I know this, right? We've always seen interest in, um, you know, those really wonderful antique English dog paintings and portraits. That was kind of the original thing a few years ago. And now it's moved to, you know, we we have, you know, mid-century or even antique pagoda dog beds. I mean, I always think about Elsie DeWolf. She did a pagoda dog bed, you know, and that was like over 100 years ago. So really seeing that. And then we also have some um, partners who make really beautiful dog pet food bowls now. So it's that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so funny. Well, it seems a little bit like Branny Chic maybe is coming back, you know, that kind of grandma. We've look, been saying that. Updated, from, yeah. Really? Okay. That's so interesting. Yeah. But like a cleaner version of it. Or is it Her Majesty Chic? Yeah. Well, you know, she was a granny too, Jonathan. Yes. Maybe that's the look. Although, like you guys were saying, I think a much more cleaner and a sort of sculptural take and maybe some warmer colors. So interesting that all of this is happening at the same time, but let's hope we don't get white lotus to death here, like poor Jennifer Coolidge. Well, I think it's all about that balance, like we talked about, and everyone doing it a different way, so it doesn't get so, you know. But it is interesting that trends don't go away. They change, they morph, but, you know, we're in an industry where we try and be timeless. We try and be above trends. But at the same time, you know, clients get bored, which is a good thing for our industry. Your eye stops seeing things that you've seen a lot. Your your eye is looking for, you know, as Diana Vreeland said, the eye has to travel. And I think that, you know, we can make fun of trends, but I think we are all to a degree their servants in a way. And we have, you have to make, you know, learn how to use them wisely. And I, you guys all, you know, and again, the stronger your personal viewpoint is, and you guys are are so incredibly talented and have that ability to, you know, weed out the good, the bad, and take the few good things and work with that. But um, you know, not everybody has your talent, so you're going to see a lot of these colors, and you're going to see a lot of these things and Granny Chic or whatever, because God knows you could over Granny a room in 15 minutes. But it's going to be so interesting to watch this. So. I want to thank you guys for being here on the Cherish Pride. I want to thank my wonderful guests, uh, Jonathan Rackman, Brittany Swickle, and Shannon Wallach of Studio Lifestyle, and Noel Faden of Cherish. And now you know what you should all be looking for and looking to avoid in the year ahead. And so thank you, all my listeners, for listening to the Cherish Podcast. You've been listening to the Cherish Podcast, brought to you, of course, by Cherish 
which was recently voted by the readers of USA Today as the best place to shop online for furniture and home decor. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or colleague. Or better yet, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We appreciate your help in spreading the word. And we would love your ideas for future episodes. Please email us at podcast at cherish.com. The Cherish Podcast is produced by Britta Muller and engineered by Hangar Studios in New York. Until next time.